0: Good evening, meat suits. Welcome back to Read and Weep, a podcast that used to be about books. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, in North Koreatown, in Los Angeles. What's going on? Is there anything? Is anything going on? Is anybody? I've heard that there's nothing going on. Actually, I, I read seen that everybody day. out there is just having a chill week, huh? Isn't it interesting? We just decided to do nothing all week. What a good yeah. time! Yeah. What a relaxing week this has been. And I know in a relaxing time. I'm not the only one who thinks about spooky things, so I'm glad you're here to talk to us about extremely topical spooky movies the week (laughs) after Halloween. Um, This show is, as always, brought to you by our fabulous Meat Buddies who donate to the show using our Patreon campaign. If you'd like to join them and help keep us limping down the tracks, you can go to metreon.com. And I really appreciate everybody who supports the show. We couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much. Um, Let me introduce you to the panel. Today, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter in Southeast Portland. Please welcome back Mr. Anthony Lopez.
1: Yeah, hello. excited to be here. Uh,
0: (laughs) There are so many ways to say that that sound more excited. Um, I'm not trying to coach you or anything, but that sounded like you do not want to talk to me.
1: No, I was trying to... uh pull up Gary Oldman's filmography and be uh, happy to be <laughs> here at the same time. And it's just... its a, so a not we agree that he's on. called Scary
2: Oldman now? Scary Oldman. We'll get to it. We'll,
0: we'll yeah, get we'll to get to it. him. Um, also joining us at Hun Bun on Letterboxd from the Woods in Ar- of Arkansas, please welcome back Hunter Donaldson. Hey,
1: what's up y'all? What's up everybody? What's
2: up everybody?
0: um how are the woods enjoying this week
2: oh yeah they they love it out here uh
0: there are some signs
2: on my street and i'm wondering what's gonna happen how quickly they're gonna be taken down oh
0: that'll be fun to see did you 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 voted in person i voted in person the arkansas way how was that arkansas voting vibe
2: um it it was uh well it was a little bit weird they didn't uh, people in Arkansas. When they look at my driver's license, which is an Oregon driver's license, and it says Portland on it, has those words written on it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of interesting reactions I get from people, but mm-hmm. the lady, those
1: Antifa spies coming, down <laughs> yeah, that's know? literally that's, that's what they think. Yeah.
2: Um, when yeah. I handed uh, at, at the at the vote place, I handed the lady my driver's license. And her reaction, which was a little fast, I'll say, and maybe she thought I was stupid. She looked at my Oregon driver's license and was like, you can't vote if you don't have Arkansas driver's license. And I said, (laughs) that's not right, actually. (laughs) And and in my other hand, the problem was she didn't look at both my hands. She only saw (laughs) the hand that had my driver's license in it. She didn't realize in my other hand, I had my voter registration card, which is kind of checkmate. In that situation, <laughs> yeah. just a little bit. Because it is a little card that I got from the state that says so I voting, do get yeah. to vote. In fact, classic, yeah. it's like
1: classic tactical blunder on her po. You got yeah. both hands again. Yeah. Some out of war shit, you know? Right.
0: If you had been doing a magic, you could have had anything in that other hand. Your Portland driver's license is so distracting. Yeah, you should. Right. Have you could fucking, have been doing sleight of hand.
1: You should have pulled out the registration from behind your ear, like a magic trick, oh, you know? Shit.
2: Well, I will say this I was wearing all black head to toe with like the mask and
0: everything. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, holding a broken bank window in your yes. other other hand. Yes. <laughs> it's very suspicious. Um, well, I'm glad you survived. Um I'm glad we're all still uh, alive as we go into this week. Um do you guys have any fun viewing experiences? What have you been watching besides uh, our spooky movie? Uh
1: I I I uh, have something I don't know if yeah, I have we'll talked about on the show before. Uh but uh so sort of a theme for the last few months um I sort of what you've been watching is sort of like trying to find stuff that's very sort of like uplifting and not cynical. Uh, mm-hmm. And sort of stuff that just makes me feel good. It's a nice escape. And I want to talk about uh, this week. Uh, my wife and I finished the final season of Shit's Creek, which is on oh. Netflix now. Um oh, Shit's Creek, this which is going to you...
0: be intense. Let's go for well, it. Let's do it. If you if it.
1: you don't know about it, it's a Canadian produced show created by Dan Levy and his father, Eugene Levy, um, starring a great cast, Catherine O'Hare uh chris elliott uh and it's sh- a show that was on like pop tv in america yes, which i've which,
0: never heard of which
1: yeah it was like the old tv land channel i think before they oh, rebranded it did one of those okay. um
0: which and went into originals because they yeah. were, got they ran out of lucy's
1: yeah exactly uh, but they, so it, uh, grew, like, really blew up in popularity a few years ago when it started streaming. Yeah, on Netflix.
0: like, no one had heard of it, and then it got to Netflix, and then it became a huge hit.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, like most people, I, I kind of watched it because I heard good word of mouth. I do kind of think it's one of those shows that the first season's okay. It definitely takes a little bit to kind of get its... Uh, footing, uh, the most recent and final season made big news recently where it, you know, it swept the Emmys. It got like yeah, 15, it got categories. all of
0: the comedy Emmys. It was um, crazy.
1: Yeah. The first person to ever win in all four major disciplines at the Emmy was Dan Levy. He won yeah. for writing, acting, producing, and directing. Uh, I personally was, have been so excited for, you know, every, the kind of Catherine O'Hare getting her, uh, Credit because I personally am a huge fan of hers. I think she's one of the funniest uh comedians yeah. and comedic actresses to ever live. Uh I'm not going to
0: talk about this as my thing, but we did watch Beetlejuice this week, and I'd never seen that before. Oh, and she is a delight in that so movie. Good. <laughs> the,
1: the scene I always think about the scene when she's just like yelling at them to come out of the the attic. She's like, "I don't care if you're dead or not in there. Get out!" <laughs> it's
0: just so funny. The, the scene where she is doing she is like leading the when the ghosts make them sing and dance oh yeah and one of my the most impressive and incredibly funny things you can do is acting like you don't have control of the thing you're doing but also doing that thing well and she is incredible in that scene her singing and dancing and, and seeming like she doesn't know why it's happening but like killing it with the singing and dancing it is just a phenomenal bit yeah, of acting work. I mean, work. I've
1: always been a big fan. I had like a real sort of like a few years ago, I rewatched Home Alone during Christmas time. Oh and yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, amazed by like, I remembered she was in it, but I truly believe she is like a huge part of what makes that movie work is her performance yeah. in that as sort of like the centraling like grounding force throughout the movie. But she's phenomenal. Uh, she is incredible in Shit's Creek. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is, you know, like, 12, 13 episodes a season, the 22 minutes long. It is incredibly heartfelt and honest. The, the show takes place in like a better reality is really the only way to describe it. Like it, I am really kind of happy as, you know, as someone who is, you know, um, you know, I, I grew up in a very religious home, very, uh, very, uh, I'm a straight guy. I've sort of, like...
0: It's, <laughs> you and, said it so naturally, so, too. Like, you've gotten really used to saying Yeah,
1: well, I mean, what I mean is, like, you don't... It's just, like, there's a certain way that I feel, and this is just something for someone to say, I can't imagine what it, be, it feels like to be part of, sort of, like, the LGBT community, in which that, like, anytime you see, like, a gay couple... We talked about this on... Uh, um, uh, what was the Kate Beckinsale... or not Kate Beckinsale, Kate Blanchett movie we did... Um... Oh, oh, i really oh, like uh uh yeah 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 why can't i yep. think of it, that name of that movie right now but anyway but the way like yeah. all sort of queer stories sort of deal with like homophobia and usually end in death and stuff like this and like Shits creek is a store uh a show that like has gay character prominent gay characters you know it ends with the big sort of gay marriage uh as like the final main plot Carol, line of the, show. the name of the yes. film you're thinking of yeah um, But it's a show that takes place, like, the fact that it's six seasons, they never do, like, a homophobic plot line, it never feels like kind of a PSA type thing, it's just, like, people really living in these characters, and everyone is accepting of them and understanding, and it's just the type of thing, like, growing up, I just, I, like, I always kind of hoped we would get here in television, but I didn't think we would for some reason. Just because you don't ever see this type of a
0: bank shot, we had to go through pop TV to get there.
1: We had to have these goddamn Canadians come down here and (laughs) show us (laughs) to do love right. Uh, But but yeah, I just uh, I really enjoyed the final season. It's very very moving. The performances are great, Uh, and if you're looking for something to kind of make you feel nice and feel like people are good, uh, Shit's Creek is a good show.
0: I um i'm gonna be very light on this um because i've said it before and lost the respect of other people um and i feel like i don't have a lot of wiggle room there with you guys so i don't want to waste it But um but i tried really hard to like schitt's creek um i loved the pilot i thought the pilot's like one of the most perfectly put together pilots i've ever seen i like almost i think every single actor in the show i like a lot and i i watched and i like I, everyone said the first season you gotta kind of get through and i got through most of the second season and i just never wanted to turn on it's just a, yeah. l- I think it's just a little boring and i kept being like i'm sure it's going to be funny i'm sure like i like these people i like these characters i like the situation i'm sure they're going to be funny one of these days and i just think it's a little bit too light on um Store, like like comedy or plot that is that, that exciting and the fact like everyone was talking about how this amazing thing just like you were talking about the way they portray this queer character and they basically don't in the first two seasons that's clearly something they decided to do more of later but they basically they barely there's like one episode where they kind of address it and then they just stop and yeah i just really well, I mean, wanted to like it i just found it a little I, boring
1: i would i would argue that's uh almost like the What kind of makes it so powerful is that it's not a constant source of plot issues, right? It is like, he's a pansexual character, so he, you know, experiments with women, he experiments with guys. um, And he is kind of like, the way his, you know, relationship with his partner throughout the show evolves uh, definitely makes it more of a plot point. But like, I think the idea that they never made it a big thing is one of like the almost refreshing things about the show. Uh, And I do think that, like, it definitely, like, I wasn't really feeling it the first, like, two seasons either. I just kind of, we have it on the background and the short episodes, so we could kind of get through them fast. But I don't know when it clicked for me. I don't know if it was the second season, the third season, but um, I definitely think, especially because of sort of the sort of exhaustingness. Uh, from everything else. One of the things I like about Shit's Creek is that it has such a light touch in terms yeah. of its plotting and comedy and uh, the sort of the character work. Um, and also, like, I just find, like, when even, like, the kind of more boring episodes or episodes that I feel like are am firing on all cylinders, you always have, like, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, Levy who are just such pros that they can yeah, walk just in and just slide noobballs. in. Yeah, yeah, and Catherine O'Hare is so good in this show and really makes this character uh, so unique. Uh, but yeah, I like definitely don't think like... I think if you were like... I tried two seasons and it's a piece of shit and anyone who likes it sucks, <laughs> that would be intense. But like if you yeah. bounced off Shit's Creek, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not for everyone. I just personally think that like right now, because of sort of the... Sort of the con, especially with the sort of the constant uh, anxiety and stress sort of over your head, having something that's just like a nice soup on a cold day, you know, Mm -hmm, like it's just, it's just a good balm for my soul is kind of how I feel about it. That's very sweet.
2: I just want to jump in real quick just cuz I I need to make sure every time Alex says something that I agree with that I let him know but I oh, also really? ba- I also bounced off uh, the show I, love but that, I didn't that, watch that phrase for it
0: that's such a great way to say it cuz it did, it was not like oh this is a miserable time I just like it, and I didn't even I don't even know when we stopped watching it I just kind of like stopped clicking on it at some point so yeah. bounced off is a great way to say it I'm t- I'm to be honest that whole
2: the the genre, the I don't even know how to describe that genre of TV but like uh, honestly TV that half an hour uh, multi
0: camera sitcom,
2: yeah, sure. Um, I, I don't really go for there's a lot of TV that sorry, i sorry, not multi camera of.
0: single, single camera, sorry, uh, half well, an hour single camera. A,
2: a, a lot of um, a lot of TV that people tell me is really good, I will bounce off of, and it's not because it's bad, but I think I just have like a certain sensitivity, like I. I I've been seeing or I haven't been watching, but Elena uh, watches a lot of Nurse Jackie, which I know is a very good show. And I know Edie Falco is an amazing actress and I don't like anything about the show. Like I can't even stand <laughs> like, the tone of it. And I know it's not a bad show. Yeah, but I, I do just like her can't a lot, but i that show.
1: Yeah, there's also something I've been thinking about this because um, my wife and I, uh, my, my wife a lot has been watching the show called Evil. It's on Netflix as well. Uh and it's it's okay, it's not very good. But I find it uh kind of addicting to watch, and I sort of got this with Shit's mm. Creek because it is true episodic ass uh television, which is something yeah. I have forgotten I missed because now all TV is like you know six hour movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah. I yeah.
1: miss just shows where it's like characters they're gonna have a problem this week. And by the end of the episode, it will be solved. And next week, we'll be doing something completely different. Like,
0: yeah, this is not the prestige thing that is happening right now, but it is still the money maker. That's like what keeps people on Netflix is like just watching Seinfeld or watching The Office or whatever. the yeah. The half hour episodic comedies are like the thing that all the streaming services want because that's what keeps you around. It's, it turns out people just want to turn on yeah. boring comedies and but put them they, in the background. They
1: don't even like make them anymore. All TV is like big movies nowadays. It's just all...
0: I'm sure CBS is doing... You're not watching Two and a Half Men or whatever...
1: Uh, I don't think that's been on for a very long time. Big uh, Bang
0: Theory is that still on? I think I Big Bang is supposed to be on till the end of time. Yeah, yes, that's but, why they call it that. Oh, yeah. that would make sense. We're gonna call so it, it Big year. Crunch no, Theory, but that would like year. be too specific. But the also, of Big like, Bang Theory was. Big. This is what I'm saying. But, but CBS is making episodic television. But, we just don't watch CBS.
1: But even yeah, but even then, with that, you get like you know, I've seen a few episodes of Big Bang Theory. It's like the show is very mean spirited and very oh, like um, yeah very shitty in its comedy and that's even like with stuff like like the office or like perks and rec like perks and rec i think got better as it went along but and it got more earnest but to me it's like so much of comedy now is also trying to do that sort of office really awkward incredibly mean type of comedy and that's another yeah. thing that makes Shits creek so much Not- like nice that i just oh,
0: i appreciate you mentioning that actually i'm gonna use a transition into mine so i'm gonna do first I don't have time for Vietnam because I have a couple of other things I talked about. Oh my but um, God. but uh, the uh, one thing is I bounced off of. No, I didn't bounce off. Of, this is the more aggressive. What's the other metaphor? I could not watch Borat. I tried to watch the new Borat, mm-hmm. and I ten minutes in, I was like, I don't like feeling this way. This is not how I enjoy. Even it was interesting because some of this like the scripted stuff. I actually think there are, like some doing topical stuff in a movie is so hard to have something that still feels like relatively recent and funny in a thing that took a year to make is crazy. And some of them is, there are very good, but every time I like, Oh, this is a real person. I don't like, I don't like this. I just don't enjoy feeling awkward. I don't like awkward TV very much. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I just bailed on it real fast. Um, yeah, did either of you guys watch it. I have
1: not. I did. I, I want to see it. Heather absolutely refuses to watch it. So that was part of it.
0: My wife wife didn't want to see it at all either. So I was like, I'm in my room feeling bad without her here. That's weird. Yeah. And uh,
1: I haven't seen it. I have come to the fence of like the Borat and Bruno movies on this podcast before. uh, And I think that I've always had kind of mixed feelings on them where I think that like, like, especially the first Borat. And with Bruno, I haven't seen the new one, like I said, but when I feel like they're sticking it to like sort of powerful people or stuff that's like very systemic issues, like there's a great scene in Bruno when they're getting like uh, Hollywood parents to let them basically just do crazy stuff to their kids because they're all... You know, they will just take whatever job they can. It's stuff like that that I think is like really interesting and like actually of value in a as a work. It's the stuff when it's like this college educated rich guy just making fun of dumb people. Uh that's where Bora yeah. and Bruno really falls down. Or even for like
0: me. not even well, even when someone just making fun of it, it's just like making them feel weird. You're like, oh, I put a dumb I put the situ- person a normal person in a situation where they're actually being really polite, real, like they're actually kind of nice people, but they're just, you're still making them feel bad. That's not fun. Um, uh, yeah, I'm making yeah, but the... sometimes.
2: I don't know what I, I, I do want to say there were some scenes in that movie that, especially in comparison to the first one made me, uh, definitely feel weird, but, but in a way that I thought was a little bit illuminating. I just want to talk about, there was this. there's a scene where he's getting a cake Mm-hmm. And this lady's asking him uh, like what he wants to write on the cake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's Borat. So he's going to say something wild. And what he asks her to write is the Jews will not replace us. Right? <laughs> That's bit. And mm-hmm. she just writes it and she doesn't laugh or she'd get weird. She's just like yeah, whatever, put that on the cake. And it's like, (laughs) it just, in that scene, it was like, wait, that was supposed to be like comedy. And instead I'm like, wow, is that just like who we are now? Mm -hmm. Like, are we just people walking around and and other people are coming up being like, can you write this like crazy offensive thing on a cake? And people are just like, yeah, sure. Why not? It's 2020, I guess. The
0: only, the only one, I just wonder if maybe there's like, it's like, that's what cake decorators are one of those jobs where you just, learn how to turn off and be like sure i will draw this dick again for your bachelor like at yeah, some point that, you just like don't i'm not saying it's the same thing i just wonder if part of it is that they're like i just don't want to get in a fight with that's this. that's not the vibe i got from the okay, lady okay, now in just the just
1: <laughs> yeah and it's it's to me it's like what i think like that kind of stuff is illuminated like people always talk about the the ov scene in the first movie and like the way it really kind of like shows the way when people you know like even though they know they're being filmed when they just when you get a you know american white dude comfortable in a room a lot of times they're gonna say something awful um yeah yeah
0: yeah oh that was the the, like frat boys yeah
1: and it's like you know I, i do think that there's something like really interesting like especially like i mean have you ever seen donald trump's ollie g interview i have not it's so it's fascinating uh, Donald Trump brags about it all the time uh, because oh, he's, he brags about it Yeah, because he's the only person, I believe, and all the time Borat, ha- uh, Sacha B. Cohen has been doing these characters and like interviewing people. The only one who saw through it and like
0: and thought he was a character.
1: And no, knew he was a character, knew he was being pranked and like called him out on it and like stopped the interview because you can't con a con man. Right. Like, no. right. Yeah, I mean, yeah 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 that's just, true i was uh, gonna say
0: he also like stops the interview anytime you ask him questions about his policies yeah. so right, that, that might good. just be his yeah. one <laughs> trick
1: i mean this no this was like you know this was fucking the early 2000s mid 2000s uh, right but he's just like you know i'm i am a bullshitter and i con people all the time yeah, i know when yeah. someone's doing that you know
0: that's uh, fascinating Yeah,
1: he brags about it all the time how he's the only person to not be tricked by sasha barrett cohen when like you know, oh, his, man. his lawyer is getting tricked with uh, him on a film I, recently.
0: I, you know, uh, from having seen that scene ahead of time, I will tell you guys, I have started um, tucking in my shirt that way. It's kind of fun. It's kind of nice. Laying time, down on a bed yeah, laying with a legs. First. <laughs> might, yeah, 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 yeah. Anytime I need to tuck my shirt in, I lay down and I like shake a lot, and I put my hands really deep. It's nice. Yeah, you're so you should be... like testify
2: for him or something. Like yeah. you can just <laughs> demonstrate for the judge, like, "Hey, look, this actually feels pretty good."
0: Yeah, Alex, um,
1: you're going to be the best crazy old man. I've been saying that forever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just I'll take that. The, uh, I really quick to tag on to this as well is I just want to tell you about the thing that I did actually watch since I couldn't watch that is I and this is um most of my whatever else have you watched this week's are homework from before, but I did watch the thing for our spooky Halloween Ooh. movie. We, we projected the thing on my sister's boyfriend's garage. Cause he's got a garage and we watched outside and it was spooky and fun. And, uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's it, it really, it feels just like it's cold alien, but I still liked that. Um, and my favorite thing, the, when I like, I just really like the effects on it where like a face opens up and there's another face. And then mm-hmm. like, I man, when the, there's a part where a head turns into a head spider oh yeah oh my god that's the coolest thing I've ever seen I liked that yeah that ton.
1: movie uh fucking rules it's, I like yeah. it a lot
0: my wife didn't like alien either and she didn't like this for the same reason where it's like too much walking around for her taste um she just got bored between monster attacks I think um but this is a yeah I thought I thought that was, it was super fun and interesting psychologically and also uh I love uh Kurt Russell and um also i have a pitch for you guys which is a sequel to the thing which is called and another thing <laughs> that's as or, far as i've gotten just so far. one more thing yeah yeah yeah. but wait one, one more thing <laughs> um yeah that'll be the third one um, i like that that's that's yeah. very good we should cool. do a whole movie just because of the punny title <laughs> well like uh, yeah. Let's see. What is it? And uh, we can do it. In I classic, think a lot of movies have a uh, 3D where they just work backwards from that. Go ahead, Anthony. Sorry. Well,
1: you, we could do like. Um, do you ever see the thing remake or prequel, whatever it was, a few years ago? No, uh, I'm not. it's real bad. Uh, but famously, it has one of the worst decisions a studio has ever made, where they. They originally shot the film with all practical effects. Um, Like they made all these really cool puppets and all this. And then a studio exec thought they looked cheesy, so they had them CG over all of them. Oh Uh, my, no! They they paid twice for their effects. They made all these puppets and then didn't use them. Uh, And just have horrible CG. It's real bad. Um,
0: Oh, no.
1: But yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, we'll kind of talk about, uh, this kind of idea when we get to Dracula here, Yeah, but let's it's, get to Dracula but first it's um, um, one of Oh I was just gonna um, say it's one of those yeah. like um it's such a high watermark for special effects and practical
0: effects. Yeah, for practical effects. Yeah and that's this is one of the things is that whether or not if you think uh computer effects look better than practical practical effects today, you are you might be right even, but in two years the practical effects will have aged much better in most cases. And that's how I felt with the thing is that the practical effects look just as good today as they did then. But if you had 90 was it 88 computer effects, they would not look good today. No, not at all. We would not tolerate that shit. Um, Hunter, you've been playing a lot of video games for this segment before. Do you have a video mm-hmm. game for us or have you been watching uh, something? No, no, no. I'm,
2: I, I have a film today. let um, talk about a film. Yeah. So, uh, we're doing, uh, A Keanu Film Festival. Oh, yes, Uh, of course. This is Keanu November. We went ahead and watched um, John Wick 2. Oh, yeah. um, Which it's funny because the order I watched the John Wick movies in was that I saw the third one in theaters uh, last summer. Oh. And then, uh, not this most recent summer, obviously, but... (laughs) Uh, and then I saw the first one, and then now I've seen the second one. and I gotta say they're fun in whatever order you want to watch them. I think. <laughs> I mean I, I,
1: it is maybe like, even
2: more fun to watch out of order, I would say.
1: well it's it's gotta be so weird because like my favorite thing about the first John Wick movie is the way that like the world building is like really detailed, but it's just at the corner of your eye. Like, you don't really... Like, there's all this really weird world-building stuff and really interesting, but it's not really the point, and it's just sort of there to be, like, interesting and fun. And by three, the world-building has, like, taken over the John mm-hmm. Wick films. Like, it's all about these, like, these weird ancient families, and everyone has bulletproof suits, and they, you mm-hmm. have to go to the desert to meet this guy who tells you a thing. Um, and I feel like those... The franchise has gotten so bogged down in its world that seeing the first one, second has to be, you know, weird because it's so yeah. simple and so elegant. Right, and, and there's so there's there's
2: little there. There's so little of that. I will say though, I I do I I think I like that stuff. Um, Out of order though, I think that stuff played better seeing the third well, one it's without like you any did the heavy lifting
0: in. first. And so now when you watch the first one, you're like, Oh good. They're already done building the world. They can just work on this killing thing. Right.
2: Um, but I, I would say that, that I like those movies and, and even, even like the, uh, the world building in them. Um, I, I, I will say, I think the, maybe the second act of the third movie is like the weakest bit of movie in all yeah. of those. And, and it is, uh, I think ha- more to do with the exposition Uh than it is to do with necessarily like the details of the world but it's like like I like when the movie knows that I don't necessarily care about the con the 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 deeper context for the conflict like I I really what I really liked about the second one is that um it was I think the perfect amount of wild weirdness with simple plot I can follow Mm -hmm. um so for me, I think it was just, uh, I think it's my favorite one of the three, although it's hard to say because the, the opening half hour of the third movie is probably some of the best stunt yeah. work I've I mean, seen yeah, in yeah. like a decade.
1: The third one's got the, uh, I, I don't know what they're in, they're in like a knife museum or something, yeah. but just a <laughs> room with a million knives and it's this giant, and then like All this, like, the horse stunts when they're, like, fighting around the horses. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Uh, 3 is, like, 3 is a movie about a guy who leaves a place, goes to another place, then has to go back to the first place. Is like, literally all the plot (laughs) of John Wick 3 is.
0: Uh, I liked the first one quite a bit. The second one, I liked about half as much. And so I did not watch the third for fear that it would like it half as much again. No,
1: I, I like the third one more than the second one.
0: Uh, Interesting.
1: I would say watch, okay. Definitely
2: watch the first act of the third one. And, yeah, and maybe this, even I mean, turn like it off. Ducks. Like, who cares?
1: Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. you like, I mean, the third one, the second act has some really fucking cool dog stunts. Yeah, um, what, like dog stunts too. Yeah, they they work dogs into John Wick's killing repertoire and it's fucking awesome. Uh,
0: Fascinating. Yeah, okay, all,
1: okay. They're all super well-made movies and like they are, you know, like, like, I love the story of like stuntmen who are just like tired of not seeing good stunt work on screen. Yeah. So being like, yeah. you know, and like
0: we're going to do a stunt forward movie. I like this idea and I would like more departments of films to take over and do their for they're like, I feel like sound mixing is not getting its fair shake. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do a movie that is sound mixing forward.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, um, I think more movies need to, uh, start looking at it more like, um, what can we bring to the table that will really wow people? Not like, what are some things that have been done recently that people like that we can emulate? Mm. And I think what's cool about the John Wick movies is they were like, listen, like, some of it is this... They're not presenting it like, this is all going to hit you with the same level of awesome. (laughs) They're just like, all right, so here's like kind of a series of situations we came up with, and we, (laughs) we try and offer you some variety. You know, it'll be like some... That Here's a scene where John Wick has, uh, you know, a knife and he's having a knife fight on a New York City subway. That's something we came up with. You can do that. (laughs) Um, I will say my favorite, my favorite shot in the movie. Well, it's not a shot. My favorite little, it's like a, it's like a smaller part of a bigger sequence is, uh, and I'm going to spoil this. So you might, you might want to go forward like 15 seconds. Um, Common and John Wick are in. Uh, they're in the subway station and they're shooting each other like slyly, and no one's noticing. Yeah, the silence, I love of, that.
1: the silence, yeah, of shootout is mm-hmm. one of my favorite it's ideas. So great! That's and an idea hilarious. that they came up with. It's so yeah. funny
2: and it's so smart. But like you know, like I don't even know what Commons character's name is. I don't even yeah. remember. Doesn't I don't even care that I don't remember.
1: And the idea of like Keanu being like the perfect person for this role like he has been training for decades for john wick and he just didn't know it yet you know yeah, yeah. it's like, great
0: uh well let's let's yeah let's jump from there into this movie because we got to talk more about keanu and mm-hmm. we have to talk more and the movie is very long and so it needs a little bit of episode so let's yeah get that's fair kraken um so this week we are watching Bram stoker's dracula the 1992 film directed by francis ford coppola and starring keanu reeves but he also allowed other people to be in the movie including winona Ryder, anthony hopkins and scary old man scary old man um and the reason we're doing this as hunter mentioned is this is we're helping him out with his personal themed month November are you calling it November or November are you giving him the u or are you giving november the o well i mean i was actually
2: just calling it the keanu reeves international film festival at my house oh, is actually okay. what i call um, it um
0: kiff yeah Kiff. or criff i guess is if you are using both names um okay we're i'm i'm gonna go with keanu vember even though i said keanu vember on the uh yeah, yeah keanu vember is good i think is a little bit better so it's keanu vember so we're celebrating um we're the the uh the great man himself the internet's favorite actor keanu reeves um who uh as I mentioned before, has gone through some, I think, a little reinvention and is now widely considered to be the nicest human who's ever lived. So um, we're enjoying his our time with him um, by starting with a role that uh, he might might be a little over his head. Yeah, a tiny bit out of his depth. We'll talk about that. But first, let me give you my patented five sentence summary of this movie. It's very long. I needed all five. I did. I added the fifth because it's it's such a long movie. Uh, It's like two and a half. It's like 235, I think. Um, Anyway, that's enough that it deserved five sentences. Here we go. Five sentence summary of Dracula 1992. Vlad Elizabeth Dracula Esquire is a 15th century warrior known for his use of tall pointy sticks who gets enraged when his wife commits suicide and does the only logical thing. He stabs a nearby stone cross and drinks the blood that comes out of it. 400 years later, he's a vampire living in a chill castle on a rock in Transylvania. But like any reasonable creature that lives forever, he's investing in real estate, specifically using a young power broker uh, uh, out of, by, played by an out-of-his-depth Keanu Reeves. Keanu is engaged to Winona Ryder, who looks so much like Dracula's ex-girlfriend, I would swear they were played by the same person. So Dracula goes to London to seduce her the only way he knows how, by having sex with her best friend while dressed as a monkey. Winona loves loves, loves it. Uh, She loves what she sees so much that despite being married to Keanu already in a ceremony in Romania, she agrees to be married to Vlad as well, which probably won't hold up in court, but definitely damns her to hell forever. Sentence five, this is a long, a lot of commas. Enter Dr. Abraham Elizabeth Van Helsing DDS, the world's best and sassiest vampire hunter as of 1992, who helps heart stake and decapitate vampires all the way up the transylvanian corporate ladder till he gets to the boss man the one and only back in black drac attack which breaks the curse and leaves keanu and winona to have some extremely awkward marriage counseling and that's the movie
1: hey who hasn't acts you know had a marriage romania that they don't talk about i mean that's just but
0: like an entire yeah. wedding ceremony in a language that neither of you speak
1: yeah i mean they, who, their who vows it's that? like
0: <laughs> I, I don't even know how to say yes in or I do in Romanian but like there was a repeat after me section where they could have been promising anything
1: yeah <laughs> I mean I you know he's there looking beautiful with just the fakest gray hairspray paint like he looks, so, he looks like so this, lovely. this movie has incredible production design except for when Keanu's hair turns gray it looks like... You yeah. know those cans of spray paint you get at Halloween? Yeah, Halloween oh strokes. Like, yeah. You get your hair white? That's yeah. exactly what he looks like. I mean... He, Keanu... was, um, I,
2: I have a question about that, actually. I want to know if you guys picked up on why that was happening. Because I did not. and why I also his hair was gray? I had, a, uh, I had a theory that they had cut
0: a, him out a lot of the movie. I think they cut <laughs> a lot of scenes out with him. Well, I will say for a Keanu-Vember movie... There was a lot of him at the beginning and not much in the middle. Like we yeah. almost had like a Keanu Mirage at the beginning, sure, and sure. then sort of an, an an Anthony Hopkins wave, right? Uh, yeah, it, like <laughs> like that took over, and we had to wait a while before we got back into. And the And then Keanu, Keanu comes the out
2: and says that it's actually his movie, even though yeah. we're looking at it right now. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't feel like, like it is, your is movie. Your movie. I
0: feel like you'd be in more of it.
1: I mean, yeah, this movie is. It's 2 hours and 8 minutes with credits. Oh, is it really?
0: Yeah. I if, thought it was 2:30. Why do no, you think
1: it's so long? Well, it it feels like a movie that needed to either be like a half hour shorter or an hour longer. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> maybe or, yeah. It's <laughs> one of those types of films where it feels like there was a lot of stuff on right. the cutting room floor. Um mm-hmm. that probably happened. I mean, I personally think that like like Keanu is particularly egregious in
0: this movie, yeah.
1: but yeah. I think Winona Ryder is who also I love a lot and things are really great actress I is absolutely adore her and I'm
0: just not yeah I'm not convinced um, by her. Oh in this really? Movie.
2: I I see I had an appreciation for a lot of the acting in this movie outside of Keanu because to me it felt like there was so much. Uh, I don't know. It the style of acting was very over the top. I mean, in yes. particular, Scary Oldman goes yes. pretty ham. Yeah, um, but. I don't know. I liked it a, a lot. Of, a lot of the acting worked for me outside. Of, yeah, yeah. she
0: had she had some difficult tasks where her thing had to be completely be in love with somebody and then be disgusted by a monster, but then have sex with him while he's the wind, and then you're deeply in love with him. Right. It yeah. didn't give her the right kind of work to do. Yeah. I think that was kind of unfair. Well, well and also,
2: I'll- I have a. I, I really want to stand by, and I think it, I, I really think I'm right here. I think there was a lot cut out of this movie. Yeah, and I, I don't think it was necessarily i I think there were some hard cuts
1: yeah i think that there was there was a lot of cuts probably and i also think that this is the type of movie that because of the sort of aesthetic design of it you know like i'm not sure if you you, either you did a lot of research into you know no research the the effects but so like
0: (laughs) didn't you know have you you not seen our uh, official policy that we have on the website which is no promise of research but the
1: like the this movie's kind of you know like uh like he wanted to shoot it with all classic film techniques there's not a single uh, computer effect in this entire movie everything was done in camera even the even the the um, the fog the green fog is that real? I, I think so. Yeah, I believe that there wasn't any, wow. everything was done in camera in this movie. That's, that's actually um, crazy. That and, yeah, looks that, really That makes fake. that effect yeah. very good. Incl- I mean, including stuff that's like, you know, when he, like my favorite stuff in the film is like the the um, composited shots uh, of uh, like when was on the train and he's like this really obvious miniature background and, like, his yes. eyes light up the background. Yeah. Drag- like, that Draco's was all eye. shot, you know, like, they took the same strip of film and they shot the close-up, they shot the background, they shot the eyes, and they composited them all together on the same film strip. Like, stuff like that. And, like, I can imagine, especially being, like, Keanu, you know, you're doing an English accent, which he obviously isn't very good at. And yeah, you're working have, yep. with Gary Oldman and you're on this set where, like, Okay, so I have to like stand here so my shadow is here so that this other shadow can choke my shadow in the background yeah uh, while acting on top of that like I do think that there's there's something about like just how overwhelming the workload must have been, especially sure. for the younger actors that I think kind of yes. like helps excuse their performances a little bit um. But yeah, Keanu was just but, really yeah, miscast just, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want
0: to come back more to the specifics of Keanu. I think it's a great start. But just to go back to the idea of this, like, once more returns came in, there was less and less Keanu. So you think maybe because it was 100 that it was edited such that he might have played a bigger part, but they were just like overwhelmed with either his performance was not good enough or they were like overwhelmed with other shit they had to get done. There are two parts of my of my theory. The movie's yeah. pretty long and it is a uh, it's like a
2: fantasy adventure movie like it's not like it It it, and it's not like an epic one either it it feels like the movie maybe got too long in general like i'm saying maybe maybe they got done with this movie and they're like we have three hours of movie Mm -hmm. and they're looking at keanu and they're like this is not very good (laughs) and then and then if you think about it like let's say you've got keanu in your movie and he did do a good job but he's in the the beginning. You can't cut him out of the beginning because we're meeting Dracula. In yeah, that he's part. the reason but, we get to go see Dracula. We literally, can't, he has. We can't that, go
0: with Tom Waits to meet Dracula. He's yeah. stuck in mental jail.
2: Right, right. So that part seemed essential, and I think that's why it feels like there's a lot of him in that part. Because what I'm guessing is there was a lot of him in general throughout the movie, as like kind yes. of we're getting cut. You know, it's kind of a we've got a story, B story, A story, B story type thing. And instead, they were just kind of like, "We're just gonna have to get rid of this whole part with him in Dracula's castle."
0: Doing yeah, it kind of goes. What. It goes a b c b c b c b b b b b, b a. Yeah, well, I mean, like this... he's almost he almost ends up as a bookend to the story, but uh, not I, intentionally. So
1: I also think that there's a, a choice in terms of like. What story they were trying to tell. Like, one of my things I think is most interesting about this movie is that like it's a version I've never read the original book, but I I don't know how much of this is in there, but I don't think it is. But the stuff that this is really like a story almost of like like Dracula goes on his own Darth Vader esque story arc in this movie, right? Like he is he is redeemed at the end. It's really more of this love story between Hit, like this love through generation and oceans of time and all that you know poetic stuff, and it's like. They focusing, I think that even if it wasn't like his performance, just like when you're in the editing bay and you're trying to like tighten the story of like Dracula's kind of redemption and stuff like that, like it makes I, sense I, why I, the other guy, you know, the the Baxter, what who he essentially is in this movie would get cut down a little bit.
0: I want to talk more about that because the love story and the arc for Dracula is like so banana pancakes um there's just so much to figure out about what is going on here mm-hmm. um it is not at all what i expect so the idea is dracula only becomes dracula he only decides to be a vampire because his girlfriend is tricked into committing suicide and then a priest says hey she suicided so she's going to hell so he decides to attack god with a sword and that tur- and then through drinking the blood that comes out of this stone he turns into a creature of the devil right and he pursues this but so he just sees another woman who looks like his girlfriend 400 years later and and then he like she eventually agrees to join him even though she's married to someone else who she adores and it's sort of through duress he sort of hypnotizes her it's right. really weird
2: and they don't do a very good job of establishing when she is uh, acting under her hypnotized or like mesmerized state. Totally. And when, cause there, there's a scene where they're in the same room and she's all about him and then he leaves and she's, she's right away. She's not, she's out of it. You know, yeah, she's, she's like, oh that's it's yeah. over now. Yeah. I'm normal I mean, yeah. again. He
1: also turns into a giant bat in front of her. Uh, yeah, does, I, I mean, see, what of... you just did there actually
2: is kind of the way I would defend <laughs> this movie in general, because this this I want to I, I just want to introduce this this idea um, because I would and maybe pe- maybe some people will be offended to me describing this movie this way. But I think in a way, this movie, this type of movie is my trash mm. in that like oh. Pauline Kale, like you have to respect good trash in order to enjoy yeah. truly good cinema I I like this movie and see everything that is dumb about it and still like it because yeah,
1: and, of shit like that. And I mean like the the for all the problems with this movie in terms of like sort of plotting sort of general issues where I think Coppola's overall uh directing style and stuff like that. Uh there is like there's just so many undeniable things from like a visual set design Uh, i'm sorry uh, i want to cut you off there
0: because i love where you're going and i don't want to do it quite yet i want to live in those problems for just a few seconds longer and then have you explain why i'm uh wrong for having felt like it was corny let me finish my
1: thought there that it's not so the necessarily the the problems with the the stories it was like to me it's like the direction especially i forgot how much i love the score for this movie and how this is a movie score. We talked about it a little bit in the past few weeks, but like this is one of those scores that is like uh we talked about this with Stargate a lot, but the way like the score for this movie is used constantly, uh especially in movie trailers, you always hear a Dracula's theme that's used all the time. Um and then like, you know, Gary Oldman, Tom Waits, uh Anthony Hopkins is I, I was really
0: I'm just trying so hard not to do this yet, because I want to focus on how crazy it is first yeah. and then get back to these things that are good about it. So um this love story though, this like with him and with Keanu and Winona Ryder is also bonkers mm-hmm. that she fucks a vampire. He has this like for month for like weeks on end at least, um, a threesome with horrors of Satan. And um and he is the, yeah, yeah. the one Keanu does that. and 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 he's not into it all and actually like i the, that was probably like the saddest part for me was when um uh, van helsing cut off the heads of the Horse of satan because they were a fun bunch and i i felt bad i don't I feel, feel like, like they had and... done that much bad um they were fun yeah i want to have him run. anyway so he's gone through all of this she's gone through her own adventure with a monkey wolf bat vampire <laughs> then he's you like you make hey, the movie wanna... sound pretty
2: awesome even when you're do you want to try
0: no i'm not insulting it do... like, then he's like do you want to go get married in romania and then they just do but then later they're just like it's like when the orgy with the 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 the, the horrors of satan come up she clearly already knows about it she's mm-hmm. like this is not news to her so they had somewhere in that middle that you were talking about getting cut out they were like look before we get we should go into this marriage with our eyes open We've both done things. We both have pasts. 2 days ago, I had 3 vampires sucking my dick. It's weird. Um, do you still want to get married and then she's like, "Yeah, it's cool, man." These are the 1490s or the 1890s. We do a lot of stuff now. Right. And then they just did. It's like one of the most fascinating love stories. And then when she changes and is like, "I'm going to marry a vampire instead." It's like just fine she's just like i don't right. feel bad at all about having been married a second ago i would like to marry you and be a servant of the, the devil for the well, rest of my life she
1: does get like her old memories back at a certain point in the movie right she remembers her previous life like it is Yeah,
0: there's a, there is an amount of like her losing memories and getting them back which does affect all of this i guess yeah yeah totally
1: and and like to there's a an, another element to it that i think that is like something that i when i when i watch it just like the the imagination and like it's it's very cool and very rare that you get like a a character that's like as iconic as as dracula like dracula is one of those things that is like so many great actors have played him and they all play him for the most part you know very much like bella lugosi played him like it's a lot of people kind of just take that archetype and do it. And something that I think that's, that's so cool about this movie, like looking at it is like so much of the modern Dracula kind of mythos and iconography was changed because of this movie. Like, you know, there, there's so much like this Dracula, how he's kind of considered in a culture Pre this film, which is the very kind of old classic universal monster movie. And then in this movie, you get like all these new images of Dracula that have become like just commonplace. You know, the weird well, that's floating what stuff, things I, actually the, the red, the set design, the old man yeah. stuff, all that. The One thing that I loved and the about watching this
0: movie was that i really really like what we do in the shadows um both the movie and the tv show but i love the tv show recently right yeah yeah yeah. and the this is like what they chose to be their Obviously. main yeah, yeah, vampire yeah. lore is this movie and i had never seen that before and so watching all this i was like oh this is where they're taking all these things this is like the rules on how you become a vampire is you have to drink blood so like with their blood back which is like so keanu has this vampire orgy for weeks and weeks and weeks, but doesn't become a vampire because he never swallowed. Yeah.
1: And so I mean, he gets this, to
0: say Keanu. That's, that's such a, a you bogus ass line, too, when yeah. he
2: checks that. <laughs> like, that's just one of the many moments in this movie where it's just like, this man, this is, they're just his, being pretty fast and loose.
0: His, and Dr. Very Van wild. Helsing is like, but let me, so it, it was enough to turn his hair gray, but not enough to kill him. But <laughs> his, his, Dr. Van Helsing is like, they're at dinner, and, and Van Helsing is like, you got to tell me, be the, I'm your doctor. You got to tell me the truth. Doctor patient confidentiality. Did you ever swallow any of their blood? And then Keanu gives the most unconvincing no right, that I've ever exactly. heard. Exactly.
2: Like the second he did it, I'm like, oh, the, the, it's, what's going to happen now is he's going to surprise become a vampire. Nope. Nah, well,
1: I, does not I, happen. Kind of talking about the sort of the things that have been influenced by this movie that I personally, uh, before I saw this movie, I had seen uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh, I have uh, never
0: actually seen that. That's how either it, of you Is seen it fun or is no, it corny it's, as hell? it's
1: probably awful. I loved it as a kid. I was a big build. Right, Huge Mel Brooks fan when I was a kid. Yeah, Uh, even his bad stuff I loved, and especially like Mel Brooks and Leslie Nielsen making fun of a movie I didn't see because I was a child. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, how 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 could I not love that? Uh, So I I adored that. I I mean, it was a it was a movie that was on all the time, and I was a kid. And that movie is this was one
0: of those cheap Comedy Central reruns.
1: And this that movie directly stills from this. I mean, that's literally what that's a parody of. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, So many of the scenes in this movie and the sort of really iconic oh, you're visuals. Watching it
0: backwards.
1: Well, yeah, it's the same thing with, I think even before I saw that, was there's a Simpsons episode when Mr. Burns. <laughs> oh, it's, right, yeah, yeah. Like, Dra- like old Dracula in this movie. And it's like, yeah. it's one of those images that like was just burned in my head. Like, oh, that's what Dracula looks like. And then when you see this movie later, it's like, oh, that's where they got, that from and that is i am yeah i am curious i like you know there's a lot of mel brooks movies that i know hold up i really doubt dracula dead and loving it is one of them but i was kind of tempted to watch it this week but just couldn't find it I, I,
0: did you ever okay so did you ever watch um the bella lugosi dracula uh yes is that like how does that play now
1: i mean it's a old universal monster movie it's you know very very light on plot. Uh, yeah. But which is another thing that like Dracula, uh, I've never read the book, but like I, it is cool to see like an earnest attempt at the adaptation. Uh, I think something that doesn't yeah. really work here necessarily is like the, I didn't know this till researching it, but like Dracula is, is written like Frankenstein. It's like not a conventional fly on the wall uh, narrator book. It's like all Ooh, written through all- It's all diary entries and letters and newspapers clippings. Yeah, Uh, and this movie really tried to bring that into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can like it makes sense why they put the name of the author of the book on the the movie is because they were like because there's going to be a lot of reading in this movie. I just want you to know going into this, this is a movie where people read stuff to you a lot. And I, yeah, I feel like that. I'm sure, like, I mean, you know, a book that came out when it did. which was 1897 1897 yeah like i'm sure at the time that would be more exciting of a trope but now i've just seen enough of that and then i was like just if you just did it as a movie maybe that would be better Mm.
1: and i mean there is you know like the the parts that it works is the part when it's really stylized like i said my favorite shot in the movie is the 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 train in the background while the diary is in the foreground um, I just think that shot is so beautiful and amazing. Well, so here's. To watch. A, okay,
0: let's jump into your things that are like. Uh, from both of you that are like. Uh, important and good now. Um, that I got the plot out of the way. Well. Silliness we, out of the way.
1: Can we talk about one more silly thing if we're going to talk yes. about? Yes. Th- uh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, lives I... <laughs> in a river of ham in this movie. <laughs> My, he. He eats so much ham. He does. He does something, I think about this, I haven't seen this movie in years, but there's this one sequence that I can't imagine was scripted or directed, it's just something he does, and I think about it all the time. But when, like, a few minutes after meeting Van Helsing, uh, he's trying to explain to these three suitors uh, that the girl they love has turned into a a demon vampire, is the, the, the the horror Babylon, all these things, and he decides to tell him in the most like joyous, excited. <laughs> way. At one point, he starts he starts dry humping Carrie Ellis. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Him and humping him and yelling how his fiance is now a vampire and we need to
0: you cut do, off her head. I do have a theory about that, which is that that's just how powerful Kelly, Carrie Ellis is. Yeah. No, I, oh yeah yeah. I think that's He's something. a good looking man.
1: I think that's just Anthony Hopkins was like, went up to Francis. Francis, you know, when when I like to break bad news to people, the way I do it <laughs> is I, I try to try to hump them a little bit.
0: I was on the fence well, about hey, this movie I, I, until I know Anthony you're joking Hopkins around. showed up.
2: I know, I know you're totally joking around, but real real talk, I think what was going on is that Gary Oldman showed up on set and was so over the top. And ridiculous that they that everyone seeing that, especially Anthony Hopkins was like, well, if he's going to be fucking crazy pants, then I've got some crazy (laughs) shit, too. I I can
0: be really weird in this movie. I love Anthony Hopkins in this movie so much that the Van Helsing character is so fun. And it that it just it's kind of an abrupt change a long way into the movie, but it yeah. changes the tone so drastically mm-hmm. in a way that was a hundred percent for the better for me. I was like oh, on yeah. the fence about the movie and then Anthony Hopkins, you said ham river of ham um, as like he's hamming it up. I assume. Yes. But also there's a scene where he eats most of a ham while talking to people where he's just sitting in front. I mean, it's probably not ham; it's probably like a pork roast, but he's at dinner talking about their plan and he just has a giant pork roast that he's just going to town on and it's so insane everything he does in this movie is so crazy and i loved it it was he um are we gonna um do an autopsy that's so rude and he's like no we're gonna stake her in the heart and cut her head off with these tools it's gonna be great let's get going uh yeah oh my god what a delight that man is yeah he's very good very good
1: it like highlights like especially when you have like the the sort of the faults in Winona and Keanu's performances when you have like, even like Tom Waits, uh, in his really small role or like, uh, Richard E. Grant as like the doctor who brings in Van Helsing is so ridiculous, like so dedicated to being like very heightened and odd. And it's just like all these little performances
0: really well. So, you said, yeah. like, you don't think it was directed that way with the, the the humping his leg, but there's enough performances that are over the top that that seems like it had to have been the plan. Well, like, I, mean, I think being- especially with Tom Waits, like, there's no way that the director didn't say, Tom, fucking swing for the fence. Yeah, go go yeah. hardcore, buddy cuz yeah, Tom goes all the way on this role. Tom is so and and Tom was thing is like he's a weirdo, but he's a slightly reserved weirdo most of the time you see him yeah. and he is all the way on yeah, this. I he, mean, Tom he, Waits turns it to 100 and never slows down.
1: You compare Tom Waits in this to like Tom Waits in Mystery Men, right? And it's like he's also playing a weirdo in that, but he's yeah. not, you know, like holding a plate of bugs and walking around like it's delicious oval <laughs> um yeah but yeah Gary Oldman is really good in this movie i think especially playing all the different you know like versions of dracula yeah, yeah, yeah. the way he like certain things that's like the that, like i forgot the uh i i don't drink wine uh (laughs) which is such an iconic line from this movie and i forgot that was from this like i i just but
0: what's important about that is that is like right at the beginning of keanu showing up and it's like okay so i'm dracula got this new human man who's gonna come hang out with me help me buy some property and i am going to try to seem like i'm not a vampire for up to 30 seconds yeah, like gonna- he gives up on seeming like a normal person so fast and so hard. He makes no effort to not be a creep. The whole it's it, him, <laughs> like watching Dracula not blend in at any point in this right. movie yeah. is kind yeah. of delightful. <laughs>
1: yeah, and like you know the way he like licks the razor behind his back. <sighs> and- all the stuff with the shadow and like gravity well, being really weird in the castle. Yeah, gravity
0: doesn't exist. I mean that's part of the thing at the beginning where my and this is my main question for you guys which is is this movie corny or is it rad? Uh that's the thing that I couldn't solve the whole time. But in the beginning it seems maybe corny the way he goes to Dracula's castle and Dracula's just like wandering on a wall and then they don't talk about it. Um he his face is in a mirror and the mirror shatters and he's like, "Well, they, it's for vanity anyway." And then Keanu's like Interesting plan that I'm doing here. My work has changed my mind about Transylvania. Like he's just so unaware of it. It's just very hard to tell what tone that it wants there, and that's why it shifts somewhere when it goes when when Anthony Hopkins drags it to an even sillier place. Maybe it was easier for me, but like. This is so So, will you will you guys both please help me with a question well, is I, I feel Dracula corny or is it rad
1: I, I think it can be both but I think what you're running into is like a problem with the source material right I mean if you go back and look at like Nosferatu which has that same exact plot line in it because it's from the novel even though they ripped it off uh, like that version looks way more like a monster and that guy is way more normal around him right? like, <laughs> Nos- Dracula and Nosferatu look straight up like the devil. A pale, weird <laughs> yeah, one yeah. devil. And I've never seen
0: like- it, but man, the iconography of that character is so yeah. good.
1: So I think that that's just like a problem with like He's got
0: long fingers, Nosferatu. I I, I, I wanna
2: I wanna push back a little bit or just give an alternate re because I mean I think you could do like a really you know, if you were gonna do Dracula and make it like smart and clever and like you know maybe change the story beats a little bit to make it like more modern I think you totally could I think it's just like what they chose to do was kind of just go a little bonker balls and I don't think that it was uh necessarily like super planned out or like very I don't know. Like, I I don't know that they had some great, like, thematic reason for some of the choices that they made. I think they just wanted to do something weird and out there that looked different and just kind of had its own style. So, as far as it being corny or rad, I I think it's just kind of somewhat different for different sake, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of hard to know how that's going to hit you. You know what I mean? Like, I think for me, the fact that it's like funny enough like it makes me laugh sometimes maybe intentionally sometimes maybe not that I just kind of enjoyed the ride and I kind of wish um we had there's a really good Patrick Willems essay that came out in the last like couple months talking about um how there have been like a series of blockbusters over the last couple years that were just like really out there and a lot of them kind of failed at the box office I think it's called like the modern class of gonzo blockbusters really good essay (laughs) Um, And it talks about, like, Aquaman and uh, that movie uh, Mortal Engines and, like, just the kind of, like, weirder blockbusters we get every once in a while. And I kind of wish that we had stuff like this still. Yeah. Where it's weird, it's out there, but you still have, like, good actors that are just, like, they're not necessarily trying to turn in, like, a performance that's going to get, like, an Oscar. They're just, like how weird and out there can I go right now?
1: Let's yeah. do it. Let's have fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that there's definitely something to, like, Francis Ford Coppola can give you actors winning Oscar with Oscar-winning performances, right? The full first half of his career is nothing but that, right. right? So I think that him, you know, later in his life, especially Patrick H. Williams has noted very recently about kind of the history of Francis Ford Coppola, that's uh, really interesting, but like, if you know anything about this time in his life, you know uh, basically all of the 80s and 90s was Francis Ford Coppola taking any job he could so he could pay mm-hmm. off his debts. Um oh. so like this, all of his movies from you know the mid 80s on's were like he sunk all his money trying to start his own film studio. It tanked horribly. He was in horrible debt. So he just took any project he could. Uh, any project that would pay him enough money. So I think that this movie is a bit of like, yeah, I'll take the job. I'll take the big paycheck. But I also to be like...
0: Clear, to be clear, I don't have any debt like that. But I would take any major studio directing job. Yeah. I'm just not uh, super picky about uh, it right I now. Mean, Whatever.
1: Which, I mean, Alex, come on. I, I I know that you would think that. But would you make Jack...
2: Yeah, would you I even mean, make Jack?
1: Yeah, would you take Jack if someone gave you that script?
0: Um, You mean the Robin Williams movie? The yeah. movie
1: he did right after this? Oh, yes. that was him. Yes, Francis Ford Coppola followed Dracula with Jack. That's
0: um, yeah, That's the one where Robin Williams is like older than he looks. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. Well, younger looks than, looks older he looks, than he looks. What yes. is it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's younger than he looks. Yeah, he's, he ages fast yes i would direct jack in a heartbeat what if i get to work with robin williams and a <laughs> terrible concept robin williams That's and fair. bill cosby your two biggest heroes on the same oh, set
2: oh i forgot i
0: didn't realize cosby was in it also robin williams is like a little problematic but um i at, at the time i didn't know that uh if i was in his shoot yeah of course i'd direct a terror. i would direct jack and jill like i don't give a shit Hey, at right. least you
1: get a work with Al Pacino on Django. Exactly, and Jill, I get know? to do
0: Don Chino. That would be the best thing, um, man. Uh, yeah, I, I just want like. Also, I want to go. I want to amend my previous statement. Um, I would do indies as well. Yeah. I would direct any film that can pay me, big or small. Uh,
1: but yeah, he is just such a. He has such an odd filmography in the '90s, and I think that yeah. Like, I
0: mean, like, I didn't not knowing anything about it. I was just like, when I saw his name on this afterwards, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I didn't know anything about this guy. That's yeah.
1: But I mean this him kind of going for these kind of old antiquated effects and like really kind of flexing his muscle. I mean like do you know uh did you notice that Roman Coppola did this is the head of special effects on this movie? His side no. I didn't
2: notice that. That's yes. Weird.
1: No. Uh, well the story behind it was he hired like a bunch of special effects people, said, Don't want to use any visual effects, no computers, all old effects, and they said, You're insane. That's not going to sure. work," uh, sure. uh, and he said, "Fuck you! I'll just get my son to do it then." Uh, <laughs> uh, so he get, got his son his first like real job on a movie. I mean, he had just put his daughter in The Godfather a year before this, which you know wasn't a great thing. But you know, yeah,
2: people didn't like that.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Th- I didn't know this until looking into it. But originally, it was supposed to be Winona Ryder as the daughter in The Godfather 3, but she dropped Mm. out for some reason, and then to, like, show that there was no bad feelings, uh, she came to him with Dracula, as, like, she was the one who found the script, wanted to get it made, brought it to him. Wait, really? Uh, Yeah. So she she was, like, this was, like, their makeup movie for not being able to make, um, uh, being in Godfather 3. But, yeah, you know, I mean, he is... He's a odd dude. Likes working with his family a lot. You know, he has got both his kids, uh, all of his kids are in movies. Jason Schwartzman and Nick Cage are his nephews. Um, just... An interesting family that he has. Uh, wait,
0: wait, so why did Winona Ryder have this script? I don't understand that. What was her? Did She, she didn't have anything to do with the writing of it. She just no, liked she it. Just,
1: yeah, it was a script floating around Hollywood. She had oh. someone had sent it to her. She like, championed it and then went to Francis Ford Coppola with it and said, I think yeah, we should not, make this that's together. Weird.
2: Yeah. For an actor to be like, I want
0: this movie made so I can be in it. Basically, that's right, right, right. how it works. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so, like, but it's just part of the how convoluted all of this is, which is like, how do you get a movie made? And it's like, well, one of the things is if you know, when a writer, you can have her give it to somebody. (laughs) Well, I also think that's like
2: that's like almost part of the charm of the movie because you're watching someone who's really really good at this make a movie. And this sounds weird to say, but it's almost like you're watching Coppola, who's very talented make a movie about something that he doesn't really care about and there's something <laughs> kind of special about someone really good at something that is willing to just kind of be like well listen i'm not gonna like overthink this okay <laughs> we're gonna have a good time here and making I, this
1: i also think that there's something to like uh so have either of you ever seen kenneth Brauner's frankenstein no, With, I have not. Uh, no. Robert De Niro playing the monster and Kenneth Drana playing Doctor Frankenstein. It came no. out around mm. the same time. It was you know, every, it, really. Every thirty years, Universal decides they need to reboot all their old monster right, movies. And
0: this was also called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, so they were putting the author on yes. top of that one as well.
1: But that is like uh, it's played an incredibly straight, realistic. Very, yeah. like, like, a little bit stylized, but it is like none of the, like, fantastical elements that like this movie has. And I think it's a, Interesting. Adult, it's like a, a more sort of grounded, sort of maybe, like, logically coherent story, but it's nowhere near as entertaining to watch. And I think that's something Francis sort of knew with this movie. Like, again, like, you can look at his filmography and be like, he could have made, you know, the godfather of Dracula movies, like, a straight down the middle. Very Mm -hmm. well acted, very realistic version. He he's done this a bunch of times. Like he wanted to produce like the gothic horror, you know, weird stylized movie because, you know,
0: he wanted to. I I do want to just say um, I I hate correcting you um, because I know so little and it just happens that I'm like looking for this on this page. But it does not seem like Universal had anything to do with either of these movies either dracula or Fra- mary shelley's frankenstein or bram stoker's dracula this was a uh, columbia pictures and then a bunch of like small production companies i never heard of but yeah. Universal's not anywhere on this well yeah
2: it, it's i don't know i really understand how the rights to those things
0: work all well, no public universal maybe that's why they went to the they're, they're using the name of the author is to show like we're oh, using sure. this open source source material from back in the or what not open source um
2: public uh, domain, domain.
0: Yeah, yeah we're doing the public domain stuff and not using the um d- the universal monsters version of this stuff
2: oh that would also be a good motivation to make it look as distinct as possible so that universal doesn't get all
0: you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: because
0: i sense. i mean i like i as you know anthony i'm a big supporter of universal rebuilding and rebooting their series uh <laughs> I, I believe i am the only living supporter of the uh dark universe yeah, yeah I might true. be the In only proponent of the true. Universal Monsters cinematic universe.
1: Have you have you seen the Invisible Man yet?
0: No, I haven't actually.
1: It's very good. You would you would like it? Really? You check it out. Yeah, it's legit. Very good. I wait, I liked it quite a bit. And this
0: is part of their dark universe. No, this is just oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's another maybe. situation like this. No, well, I, oh, so wait, I, I, so it's
1: I'm not sure it is. It? You're talking
2: about the one with uh, Elizabeth Moss.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, no, it is yeah. Universal. It's Blumhouse and Universal. Okay. Uh, oh, hmm. and they it yeah. sets it up that they might be able to do a universe with it, but it's mostly yeah. a se- a self contained uh, Invisible Man story. It's
0: I've never seen any Invisible Man movies, and I am super interested in this.
1: I really I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah, I uh, well as just, you know I'm a big proponent of
0: mummies, but I, what you might not know is that I am a, one of the reasons why I'm a huge fan of Universal Monsters is because. Of the incredible early 90s Universal Monsters pinball machine. Oh, right. Yes. You're a huge pinball this? wizard. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know if I'm a, certainly not a wizard. Um, we did have a, a pinball episode uh, last year in the Summer of Fun, but um. the Monster Bash is this, uni- it's the Universal Classic Monsters in like 1992 or something. They were like, what we need to do is we need to do a pinball machine mm-hmm. based on these 1920s movies but the theme of the machine is all of the monsters from those original movies are forming a band it's pretty great It's, it's a pinball machine where universal monsters are in a band and it's not only is it i mean it's great as a pinball game it's like really well designed but also the little animations of like the monsters playing instruments is so great. And the songs that they wrote for the monsters to play are so great. And I just, anyway, I think that's yeah. a big part of why I love that, universal monsters. it's just, I'm in love from that bit that of IT. It should have been
1: the plot for the dark universe. All the monsters got to
0: form oh a band. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. The, why didn't, this was bands. right here. Why yeah. don't you just, and, and Williams is dead. Just take this from them. Um, yeah. Oh man. That's such a good idea. Just get wild. Get weird. Everybody. Yeah. I am into that, and I, I agree that I liked the weirdness of this. Um, last couple things I want to talk about about this. One is, I do. Do you feel bad for Transylvania as a region? Do you? Because <laughs> I feel like Trans, this like Dracula, did for Transylvania, like what what Borat is doing for Kazakhstan. Yeah, right. Like it's the only thing anyone knows about Transylvania. No one knows really about its like lovely forest. Long
1: Island. You know, uh, a Staten <laughs> Island. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh what Reno 911 did for Reno. I just feel like there's some things that there they eclipse the city and area and I feel bad about it. Cuz I don't I don't know, maybe Transylvania's lovely. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean this would re- it would require me to meet someone from Transylvania to really like cuz I don't know that that it's like you know If I meet someone from Transylvania and they suck my blood, then, you know, I'm going to be like, okay, well, it seems like the movie was spot on, actually. That's
0: still still racist if it's based on just one person.
2: Yeah, actually, you're right. So even if I did meet a Transylvanian person that sucked my blood, if I... (laughs) And they sucked my blood, like they literally dig their teeth into my neck. If the next time I meet a Transylvanian person, I'm like, well, let's be careful about getting our blood sucked. That would be racist racist to me. And so I won't do it. And so it's just a series of Transylvanian people sucking my blood because I'm an easy mark.
0: Yes, I think that would be a risk. Um, But this so also this might be a thing where it's like, look, it's not that they're vampires because they're Transylvanian. It's just like if you're a vampire, this is a nice place to live. Because if you like a castle on a precarious rock, this is a good place to go. You can't go to Australia for that yeah
2: yeah so maybe yeah,
0: yeah. it's also it's like, well, you meet someone from Transylvania, they're probably a person, but if you meet a vampire, they've probably spent time in Transylvania, yeah, that makes sense. That's wonder, my assumption.
2: man, I just looked up Transylvania, the, like the Wikipedia article, mm-hmm. and guess what? Dracula is mentioned in the opening yeah. paragraph. Yeah, well, like, yeah,
0: come yeah. on. <laughs> this is what I'm saying is like like their their tourism department has to do a lot more work to get it to be uh, associated with anything else, yeah, that I, sucks. I also feel like maybe the this is what the the Tasmanian devil did to Tasmania.
1: Oh, like what? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like think about like what Stephen King has done
0: to Maine.
1: Right? Like there's so <laughs> many
0: That is true. So uh, many many Maine, I think of mostly ones. as a place where all bad things happen.
1: Yeah. Um and like I don't know. I I I want to read someone from Transylvania just to hear what an authentic Transylvania accent sounds like. That would be interesting too. I don't know if it is at all because it's such like a classic Dracula voice,
0: right? um,
1: That I am wondering what an actual Transylvanian accent sounds. That's a great
0: question. Also, I'm gonna just—I'm not afraid of looking dumb on this show, as you've noticed. Um, So I am willing to tell you that if you would ask me to bet money on whether or not Transylvania and Tasmania were countries, I would have said yes to both, and neither of them are. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Transylvania is like. An area and Tasmania is an island in Australia that is also just an area. Yeah, Although right? I did just learn the fun fact that their motto of Tasmania is not like home of the devils, which is what I would say. Um the motto is Ubertus I e Fidelis, which means fertility and faithfulness. So apparently that is a place for bonking. Yeah. That is a horny island. Yeah, um, that's wild.
1: You know what? This. I want to say this about
0: Transylvania real quick. Yeah. Uh, it might
1: be,
2: I think it might be a complicated relationship with Dracula because oh, sure. look at tourist attractions. Number one with a bullet is Dracula's castle. So yeah. presumably it's kind of a give and take. So There's I don't know. A
0: silver bullet. Yeah. <laughs> um I, well, so that's, and that's what, what's going with Kazakhstan too, right? Where they were like, this movie is so offensive and it's ruined us. And then like a week later, they're like. Actually, we're gonna make our slogan very nice. That's <laughs> yeah. like they're like it's hard to know is this good or bad for you. Um, I would go see is is his cat? You can just go to his castle.
2: Uh, well, I mean, it's called Brand Castle. I don't know why it's called Ooh. that. Let's see. It's but it's, to help it's you poop. It's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you just eat brand there. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's um, really... Oh, it's the so you know, uh, Dracula was based off a historical figure called Vlad the Impaler
0: yes this is the well i believe he's like a mashup of several characters sure history, sure, sure putting that yeah but
2: that was that was the character who's so the castle belongs to vlad i guess oh, okay. or, or vlad had lived in this castle presumably not necessarily for sure but probably
0: i heard that he was partially based on uh bathory who was like a, a countess who oh that was makes like- sense well, famous I, for, um, like she wanted to live longer and so she yeah. like which murdered young, in blood, yeah, and then bathing her blood. Well, yeah, it does yeah. feel
2: like in the so, just to get it back to the movie, which we have all but abandoned for the last 20 I minutes,
0: but it was probably about fine, yeah, 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 good. yeah.
2: But just to get back to it, because I know a little bit about uh Vlad the Impaler for some reason, oh, um, they definitely went with a very Vlad the Impaler inspired um backstory for dracula the the backstory of him yes, you know, he's he's literally very impale, yeah, he's really impaling people
0: yeah i i'm yeah i believe in my summary i referred to it as a, a, a stick enthusiast
1: yes yeah, yes but i'm just thinking now of like do you know the way like so vlad the emperor in, inspires uh dracula and now people go to his castle does that mean like like ed Gein, who inspired like leatherface and hannibal lecter and you mm-hmm. know basically mm-hmm. every big serial killer monster of the last 50 years um are people gonna like go to his shack in a hundred years from now? Uh,
0: mm, just that's a, a good weird point. Thought. That is but such a great point. Can
1: I talk about something that I was thinking about a lot while watching this movie? Something that Phoebe yeah, yeah. said um, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago on um,
0: yeah
1: a Stargate episode. Stargate. You were not here for this uh, Hunter, but she made a. We were talking about uh, James Spader and the way mm-hmm. like my wife has has had trouble watching Stargate because she has trouble imagining James Spader as like a nerdy scientist because she just thinks of him as the bully um, from his 80s movies. Mm -hmm. And Phoebe has something similar with she can't take James Spader as a nerd seriously because she just thinks of him as a bald fat guy in a fedora from like The Blacklist. Um, and <laughs> yeah. she she was talking the way about audience members and how like with certain actors we we can have like a a ghost of Christmas past, present, or future mm-hmm. kind of relationship with them. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot ever since you said it. And watching this movie, I it got me thinking a lot about Gary Oldman, who I think has a really fascinating uh mm-hmm. career arc in terms of like if I think for like for our generation people about our age there is a very clear archetype and role that he plays, right? Bad guys. And you yeah. look at, like, he... This was, like, his second big American movie after JFK, where he played Oswald. But he does, like, JFK, this, true romance. He's the bad guy in Leon the Professional. He's the bad guy in The Fifth Element, Air Force One, Lost in Space. Uh, he does that incredible job as Mason Verger and Hannibal that he's uncredited for. I don't know if you guys know that he's in no. that. No. Um, but so, like, he is, like, the, I think for a lot of people, is like, the Hollywood villain, right? The guy you go to. But as he got older, for uh, the people younger than us, especially between, like, uh, his serious Black, his Commissioner Gordon in three movies, He does a lot of animation stuff now. He still does, like, big Oscar movies. But the fact that, like, for so many people, he is, like, the ultimate perennial hero guy uh, is so weird for me to reconcile with. Uh, Like, the fact that people see him and, like, oh, yeah, it's Sirius Black. He's a good guy. He plays good guys (laughs) in things. Uh, It's just such a weird career arc that he was such... You know, and like yeah, you know, especially when I think of him, I think of like this, I think of Leon the professional and like fifth element as like the ultimate uh villainly roles for him. And interesting are also we, we should we the- should
0: just also note though that some people might think uh, about domestic violence, and that's a word yeah, but I mean, thing to include in that story.
1: Yeah, if you if you want to like, yeah, he's definitely has some problems as well. I'm not saying he's a good. Yeah, person, yeah, no, but, I know, know, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, just saying like,
0: yeah, just that that's like the thing that is seared into my head because that was when he got his Oscar nomination two years ago. Um for playing well, no, uh, also no, kind of a piece of shit
1: not an Oscar nomination an Oscar win please uh, okay well, <laughs>
0: no. but the story—none of the stories were when he got yeah. the nomination before he even won uh, were a, was about that and I didn't know anything no, about yeah. him before he's, that so. he's
1: an old British white guy he definitely has some shitty stuff with him I, I guarantee yeah, you yeah. Um, yeah. I think that like his career and his like performances is is so such an interesting arc for a career for an actor to have. I will um, say
0: in this movie, it's hard for me because I did not know he was the young version and the old version because he's so made up as the old one that I like lost track of him. And I and then also he's a monkey and a wolf and a mm. bat. And so I did at one point think there were six Draculas. <laughs> that was a bit of an issue for me. I did. Teen I do that in the first half of the movie. <laughs> yeah, there was like a teen drag
1: I was not they, sure. Do they get around like- in their Dracula You think when they have to drive somewhere?
0: Oh, um, you mean they like they were drag racing,
1: like the song "Dragula" by Rob Zombie? Yeah, yeah, they listen to that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But also, when they drive cars real fast, it's called drag Dragula, racing. That's what yeah. I was suggesting. Mm-hmm. Everybody's Isn't got one. This... <laughs> do you have one, Hunter? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's end. We have to do a little bit more talk about Keanu, Keanu because, um, this is Keanu Vember.
1: But. I was just going to say that Keanu also has a very interesting career of, in terms of
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. his Perfect sort of segment. like,
1: you know, being, you know, I remember just like seeing interviews when people were just being like, so uh you're like an idiot, huh? You know, like that's the, <laughs> that the cadence around people talking about him in the 90s, you know, he does.
0: Yeah. yeah, he does sort of talk like he's an idiot. And he did play a lot of idiots. Right. Um which does not make that okay to do um at all um but it is int- it's interesting you were talking about with just talking with phoebe it's like it's also like what you got into somebody as and i remember like the first time i like really remember thinking about him was um devil's advocate with him and pacino where like i believe that was the movie where al pacino walked off set and was like get that guy acting lessons like It was like famously a person who seems Mm -hmm. like they're over their head with another person who's very good at acting. And this is my like 16 year old memory of it. So I don't know how much of this is true, but I do like remember thinking of him as a guy who was like always over his head. And like for a while in my teenagers, I thought of Keanu Reeves as an actor with the best agent ever. Yeah. Because it didn't seem like he was putting in great performances, but he kept getting cast in incredible roles. And at some point, I don't know when it switched. At some point, it was like, oh, yeah, everybody in the world loves Keanu Reeves, including me. And I don't know how it happened.
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know, well, you have, you know, for me, I've always had uh, a fondness for him because you do have like, you know, you have the Bill and Ted movies. You have stuff like my My own private Idaho in which he's like legitimately Mm -hmm. incredible in and like that's like a real movie. Uh, but I think that Keanu was the type of guy that, like, for a long time, it was just like people didn't know what to do with him. Like, yeah, I think he's I agree he's, with that. he's great in stuff like Point Break, Speed, The Matrix. I think is what finally cracked. The, oh yeah, like, I'm, not, actually, I'm acting like,
0: like this is this is mysterious, but yeah, of course, it's it's The Matrix.
1: But what what I mean by that is like it it created a template for what kind of character he plays very well, right? Like, yeah, honest, endearing. Uh, genuinely wowed by his sort of surroundings, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, that is the person he basically played. And then, you know, you, you also get the stuff that's, like, all the stories about, you know, like, him buying all the stunt guy, or giving all the stunt crews his Matrix residuals. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he was, like, really willing to pit in the work and, like, actually learn how to do this. Like, there's no doubt Keanu Reeves could kill all three of us in an actual fight like he is oh for sure, for sure. i mean i wouldn't well,
0: well sure okay but he wouldn't right. have to be that good because i couldn't be the one who killed keanu reeves so he gets yeah. to kill me
1: but like i'm saying like if all three of us jumped him he has enough actual combat training at this point sure i understand that but also sure. i would not be
0: involved in jumping keanu reeves just to be clear i would not do that fucking coward <laughs> this, sure, you're on your own on. you're on your own i'm the <laughs> on. only there's no i don't want to live in an in an internet where i'm the one who jumped keanu reeves no one would forgive me no I
1: one's gonna
0: forgive just got you to, anyway i want
2: to i want to try and answer your question in a simple way i think we just got to know the guy i think that's all that happened
0: <laughs> i mean that's kind of what you're saying too is like we just learned all this stuff about him that we had not heard before and we're like oh yeah maybe this is the best dude
2: yeah i think it, at first he just kind of seemed like a doofus a, a yeah. dweeb and yet he just he got he got some good roles. Uh, didn't always seem like he deserved it. And then we just found out that he was a cool... It's like almost the opposite of Gary Oldman, where we, <laughs> we, we had yeah, Gary in movies, the and then we found out that he sucked.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he also has, like, Keanu who's taking his bumps. You know, like, he's had some fucking down and yeah, moments in his career when there was uh, a good chance he would never get work again. You know, but he is always like, well, I mean, you just look at like his sort of post early 90s speed and point break it real big. Then he's in a few movies that are are pretty big bombs like The Devil Advocate was, you know, did not do well. Stuff like that. I
0: Uh, love that movie when I was in high school.
1: And then he does like The Matrix. He's back on top. And then he does a bunch of movies that, you know, didn't do well after that. And then John Wick puts him back on top like he is. He's one of those guys who is just like will will have those those points when he's sort of down and out, but is able mm-hmm. to have like so many comebacks, um, professionally
2: and and personally. I mean, he went through some pretty personal tragedy, like yeah. around the time the Matrix was happening, oh, and it's dude, crazy really? knowing yeah, that yeah. his life is like in shambles while he's making oh, this movie that's yeah, like his, kind of the biggest yeah. movie in the world at the time.
1: Yeah, he had yeah. A, a his pregnant fiance. Passed away in a car accident while well, he was oh,
0: no. at
1: the height of his career, and he was oh you know, god, um, yeah, Damn. really, really sad. Um,
0: but, but then he
1: says, "Like,
2: what's the shit?" I just saw this thing he said. He was talk. He was talking to Stephen Colbert, and Stephen asked him what his views are on death, and he just said, "I know that the ones who love us will miss us." What a good, what a good yeah. guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I like this guy. Yeah, you no, know, that I like him such- as a person. That I want to Coward see him on stuff. stuff. I that want to is, see him do... I don't even care if he's not good at it. Yeah. I'll see I mean, him do it. You, he's <laughs> my interview. guy. i cheer for him like he's my kid, and I'm a baseball <laughs> dad, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, that interview get Cole, is such a, get a great get. example of what kind of makes him charismatic. and like Because it's like, you know, they think that like he's kind of gotten almost like... this almost like Jeff Bridges... The way like Jeff Bridges is almost kind of conceived as like the dude... Like this wise yogi yeah. bear type character, and like Keanu kind of has that, and like Stephen Colbert is asking him, like thinking he's gonna get like a fake answer. It's like Keanu, what happens when we die? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and yeah, like like I said, he just takes a moment, takes a breath, and like hits his very like devastatingly sincere answer, and like Stephen doesn't know what to do because he thought he was gonna say something silly, you know. Um, but I think that's just that there's a depth to him.
0: Yeah. And
1: he had to like kind of grow into that, you know? Yeah.
0: And also I think especially like having depth to you when you play characters who seem like and in the way you talk makes you seem like you don't. It makes it so much more powerful. When you get famous for Bill and Ted and you have a lot of depth, it's different than if you get famous for like these like emotional, uh like deep difficult performance, yeah. Oscar winning yeah. performances. It's more surprising when it's like, oh, you're not it's not like yeah because it was not like unnecessary we, we didn't yes. need him to be a cool <laughs> yes, dude exactly <laughs> there is also i think a point where i shifted a little bit on like cheesiness i think where like point breaks cheesiness like at first i did not respond well to and then like there was a point in my life that changed and <laughs> now it's like nothing could delight me more than the perfect <laughs> cheesiness of that movie um and i don't know if that's like what that is about with my life but that no, I Definitely totally relate to that
2: 100%. I think there was a point in my life where I was like, it, I think it has to do with insecurity or something. Like, I couldn't handle cheesiness because I thought that meant it was stupid. And if it's stupid, then I'm stupid for liking it or whatever. But now I'm, yeah, t- I'm totally strange. down for stuff well, to be stupid. Well, no, I mean, love lots of stupid that stuff. makes
1: sense for you, Hunter. Alex just hates uh, women directors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He can't he, stand it. He just can't stand it. There's a danger. A woman the calling camera. the shots. That's nah. what he says all the time. Yeah. Fuck Captain Bigelow.
0: Did you guys ever see the um Keanu Live show? No, I don't okay, know. So I, there was a touring show out of California somewhere uh, that came through Reno when I was still living there that was called uh Point Break Live. And oh, yeah, he,
2: yeah. Oh, you did see that. Sorry, I know know what this is. I I, I misunderstood what you were saying. But it's like,
0: it's a live show of the movie, but the hook is they cast Keanu Reeves with an audience member Mm -hmm. every night, and then you just read cue cards, and it's so perfect because... Uh, an audience member reading cue cards sounds a lot like Keanu Reeves yeah. in that movie. <laughs> it's a brilliant concept that also makes the show like really fun and exciting. And um, friend of the show, Nick Delahanty, who, uh, f- regular guest of the show, Nick Delahanty played Keanu Reeves because he is uh, hot. And so they chose him to be hot and then also did, did these terrible readings. And it was so funny. Yeah, uh, I, it's I, a really I, well-run show. I, I believe think... Catherine was either involved or like supported the, process i thought you were talking
1: about dog when you were saying have i seen keanu live uh um
0: yeah I'm so, I, I said keanu live and i meant to say point break live but i'm stupid have any My of you ever listened off. to Dogstow? No.
1: star keanu reeves band i've oh, never band? listened to it what yeah he plays bass no. in a band called Dogstow. there he seems
0: like a bass player
1: oh, okay <laughs> Not great. Right.
0: well i'm glad we got to celebrate him this is very fun and i um I'm, I'm going to continue this. We're not going to do more on the show, but I am going to continue the Keanu Vember in my own personal life. And Hunter, I know you are as well. Yeah. So we can check in, uh, Anthony's uh, you can as well. We'll check in with some more Keanu Vember as it goes on. And please, if you're at home celebrating this great man during this great month, please, uh, tweet it at us or send us an email. Let us know what Keanu you're enjoying and how and why. Um, cause he might just be the thing to get us through this difficult times.
1: Yeah. I, I would suggest avoiding, um, What's that one when he coaches the little league like Oban baseball team and then one of the kids dies? Oh, uh, 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 what is that called? What the fuck is that movie called? But avoid that era. Anything <laughs> yeah. like Lakehouse, that
0: movie. Uh, we've um, watched Lakehouse for the show before and I can endorse Lakehouse. I like Lakehouse a lot, not because it's great, but I, it's bad in a way that I really enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch uh, Johnny Mnemonic is I kind would, of my yeah, main We watched target. that for the podcast a long time ago, too, and I would love to watch Johnny Mnemonic again, so that's on my short list. I also have not seen the new Bill and Ted yet, so I might yeah, same, be tempted same. to watch that. Very that's good.
1: I like the new Bill and Ted quite I've a bit. I've heard
0: nothing but good things about it, so... Oh, I'm sure uh. you'll
1: hate it. Uh.
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, when I watched the first one, I was only lukewarm on it, and so I have not finished the series, but I, like, now care more about it and want to get back into it, so... What do you I'll think is the problem it. with you and you and Bill and Ted? Um, I don't like uh, Excellence. Oh. <laughs> i just well, I'm a real <laughs> mediocre adventure kind of guy. Um, All right, we got have, to get going.
1: <laughs> have any of you watched the Scanner Darkly recently? Was that good? I, I don't not remember recently. I
0: watched it. Scanner Darkly when it came out, yeah, and I really liked it at the time.
1: Yeah, I've not seen it since it came out. I wonder how that holds up. I like I Richard like Linklater. Uh, what's the I name of the guy that out... made
2: Scanner Darkly? What's his Richa- name? Richard Linklater think yeah. me and him are in a weird spot where no, I feel not, like I don't know exactly. that we really like each other but
0: but maybe we do still I don't know I feel weird I, about him I also made out through the entirety of the replacement so I have seen it but I have no idea what is in that movie I don't even know what it's about <laughs> all right it's, we're gonna it's, get a, it going.
1: it's about scabs crossing a pickup
0: line you'd love it
1: <laughs> <And it's> right <laughs> up your alley <laughs> all
0: right Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again next week. Next week, we are checking... We're doing the second of our two-part sponsored series about Stargate. Next week, we're continuing our deep dive into the political scandal of Stargate by watching Stargate Atlantis. We're watching the wettest version of Stargate. We're watching... Um, the kind of gate you drive a jet ski through. I don't know anything about this movie. I just know that it's wet, or this show, it's wet. And so we're going to watch some episodes of Stargate Atlantis. I'm very interested in this. Um, if you remember, uh, Anthony, at the end of that series, I sort our first episode about it, I asked you and Phoebe if you're interested in watching more, and you said, nope. And then I was like, surprise, you will anyway. Um, <laughs> but as all of our sponsors know, our official policy, besides no research promised, is no refunds. So we are going to dive right into Stargate Atlantis, and uh, yeah, let us, le- like, whether or not we like it, you get nothing back, it's not an option, so that's, but we'll get Hunter in the, involved now. So are we, are we just watching Star. the pilot, is that the plan? I will send you an email, we're watching three episodes, and there are specific episodes, so okay, I'll let cool. you know what to watch, um, and I'll tell I don't remember offhand, so I'll tell everybody that next week as well, but watch as much of it as you can, or um, ask your friends' moms what they liked about it when you were a kid. Um, oh, good idea uh because that's who apparently i know i know nobody who's watched it but a lot of people whose parents watched it at one point um anyway that's next week looking forward to talking to you guys about that um like i said send us email facebook twitter about uh your Keanu november adventures and your thoughts on stargate atlantis and uh we'll be back with that thanks for being here hunter it's always great chatting with you Uh, yeah thank you man (laughs) and anthony good chatting with you as well yeah this is fun um, and uh, thank you again to all of our meat buddies for helping keep us limping down the tracks. We will be back next week. Goodbye. Bye.
1: Bye.